it's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In. 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 Criterion. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Criterion Project. I am Conrado Falco, and I am here, as usual, with the wonderful Rachel Wagner. Hi! Hey, Rachel. Yes. Today, Rachel and I are going to be talking about... We're actually going to take a train to Barcelona, because we are talking about Pedro Almodovar's All About My Mother. So, tell me, Rachel, have you always depended on the kindness of strangers? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) As a single person, I, uh, you know, I am actually, I think, more reliant upon uh, my community, I would say, than because I don't have my own family. So, you kind of have to reach out. So, great. I think this is a very interesting movie about... um, creating your own family in a way so yeah yeah, before we get into it uh, we just want to give a little shout out to our friend Michael Lorette who created the wonderful theme song for our program and who has now uploaded a couple of singles of his own to SoundCloud so it would be great if you guys want to give him a listen they're pretty catchy songs Mm -hmm. I feel like they're a bit of a like a Latino Ed Sheeran sort of vibe to them so if that sounds yeah. interesting to you, you can go to SoundCloud. His name on there is Michael underscore, underscore Lorette, and that's spelled L-L-O-R-E-T. Yeah, and we'll put a link in the description if you want if for you to check that out. Yeah, yeah so check out those songs. Um, oh, before we get into the movie itself, Rachel, should we tell you about what we've been watching on the Criterion channel this month? Yeah. I had a jam-packed month in July, uh, and so I was just able to watch uh, the uh, one of the Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire movies, and I watched Top Hat, and uh, we'll talk about that a little later, but I, it was really a really fun, bubbly, romantic comedy with great music and dancing, and so that's going to speak right to my heart, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Great. Um, I have not been watching as many movies that I would like on the channel, um, partially because I am watching a lot of 1999 movies ah. in preparation for a possible future episodes. But um, what I have seen is that they have put a bunch of new movies up this month, and one of them is which I think is one of the best movies I have ever seen. And that's called Aguirre, The Wrath of God. And it's a movie by Werner Herzog, who was a German director, but he um, went down to the Amazon in South America to film this movie about uh, sort of a conquistador who um, kind of trying to find El Dorado and goes crazy. And it's a very, it's a very strange movie, but also very intense and very funny. It's like, Kind of like no movie I have ever seen. It's very dark, but it's totally unique. And, and it really spoke to me when I saw it. I really love it. Is it a documentary by Herzog? Or a f- no, fiction? no, it's a, it's a fiction film. It's, um, yeah, it takes place in like the, I guess that would be the 16th or 17th century. And it's, oh. you know, yeah. So it's this group of Spaniards who are coming to the jungle trying to find gold. And uh, the guy who leads them, Aguirre, is this sort of like totally nuts 
guy played by Klaus Kinski, and he really goes insane. It's kind of a bit of like a Heart of Darkness, Apocalypse Now sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. It sounds good. I love Werner Herzog, so. Yeah, it's 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 pretty out there. Um, but yeah, give, give it a try, everyone who's interested. It's a, I think it's a great movie. Uh-huh. Cool. That sounds good. Very good. So this one, this movie that we're talking about today, all about my mother, was 1999. Do you do you anticipate it? You think would make your your top ten list? Oh, definitely. Actually, I feel like it's probably going to be near the top, if not at the very top of my list. I really love this movie. So let's get into it. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It's obviously came out in '99, and so it's its 20th anniversary, and. Um, at the time, it was a bit of a departure for Almodovar, who was well known for doing sort of like either sort of sany comedies or, or very pulpy sex thrillers. So this movie was much more, um, I guess, it, it had a different vibe, right? It's much more sentimental. It feels much more um, in a way, uh, personal and honest, and it's much softer and, and warm than any movie that he had done up to that point. And it really sort of uh, put him in a different level for his trajectory. Um, it made him a bit of a, of a star in, in the world, if maybe not, also in the US to a degree, but I feel like internationally, he became a really big director. I remember growing up in South America, um, there was a time when the only directors that people knew by name were Tarantino and Pedro Almodovar, right? It was like the two cool directors that everyone wanted to see their new movies. Um, so yeah, and I definitely was one of those people and, and he became a big part of my uh, falling in love with movies and mm-hmm. et cetera. And Nullaby by Mother was definitely one of those movies. Mm. Um, you had seen it before. I have seen it before a couple of times, actually. Mm. And, yeah, and I really love it. So I took the opportunity to see what's going to be on the channel to talk about it. Um, because I love Almodovar in general, and because this is his 20th anniversary, it seemed perfect. Mm-hmm. Cool. Although, yeah. yeah. Although I should say, uh, this is the first time that we're doing a movie that's on the Criterion channel, but it's technically not a Criterion disc. I didn't know that until um, I was looking stuff up for the episode um so that's a little interesting and yeah i yeah. i i've learned because i was working on some of the graphics yesterday and mm-hmm. I, I realized that as well I'm like, oh that's interesting yeah uh, i wonder why yeah but i think because almodovar has a new movie coming out that it's supposed to be really great and um, they put up all his movies well not all but a lot of his movies mm-hmm. up in the channel and most of them are actually leaving on August 31st. So um, if people like what we're talking about in this episode and want to catch up with Almodovar, um, they should take the opportunity before they take them down. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so this is my second uh, Almodovar film that I have seen. I watched uh, Talk to Her for my Blind Spot project over on my blog uh, a couple of years ago. I've been doing that for quite a while now. It was it was in my first batch of uh, my first year of Blind Spot, and uh, I liked Talk to Her. I gave it a very positive review, um, but I actually think I prefer this um, because I don't know. I'm just I'm not super super like in this like surrealism. Like I prefer more traditional narrative if I had to pick. I still can appreciate it and still enjoy it, but this is more traditional narrative. So I think it's more my taste. Uh, and uh, 
So anyway, yeah, they had a lot of interesting things about it, but just as far as the, 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 the storytelling was a little more traditional, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we talk about what the movie is about? Do you want to give yeah. a little very brief uh, plot description to the listeners? Sure. Yeah. So it's about this woman uh, named Manuela who, uh, at the beginning of the film, uh, her uh, her son, uh, she has a son, she's a single mother, uh, and her son passes away from a uh, car accident and or getting hit by a car. Uh, that and uh, he had been uh, really kind of obsessed with this uh, actress uh, who is in Streetcar Named Desire. He wanted to be a writer, her son, and so she she goes after uh, to she goes back to Barcelona where she had uh, gotten pregnant and to try to find the father and tell uh, him about their son. And it turns out the father is a transgendered woman. Uh, and uh, he, uh, they, she ends up meeting a bunch of characters in Barcelona, ends up living there, ends up meeting this nun who actually ends up uh, leaving leaving the calling, I guess, uh, because she ends up pregnant by also the same person who is the father. So they end up having the same father to their child. Anyway, and <laughs> yeah. and so that's basically, and they end up kind of helping each other in a sort of uh, this um, yeah. the story that way. Yeah, very good. Is that pretty good? <laughs> yeah, I think that was pretty good. I mean, another thing that happens all the time in Almodovar movies is very complicated plots in which one thing leads to another and there's a bunch of characters and they have all this yeah. you know like we uh, it's worth mentioning too that the the reason the son dies at the beginning of the movie is because he wants to get an autograph from the actress that he yeah. loves so much right and then right. Manuela goes to Barcelona to try to find the father but then she ends up it turns out the streetcar named Desire is touring and now it's present, you know, it's not performing in Barcelona. So Manuela goes to see it and she ends up meeting the actress and working for her. So a lot of things are going on um, in the movie. If I had to summarize it in like a very, like a one sentence plot description, I would describe it as women helping each other. And that's kind of what I feel the movie is all about. It's all these uh, women who are, in many ways, pretty lonely and sort of finding comfort in each other during hard times, right? Manuela with her, uh, the passing of her son, and then Rosa, who's the nun, played by Penelope, very young Penelope Cruz in the movie. Um, she is uh, she's pregnant, and she also finds out that she's sick with AIDS later on. And so, you know, um, the actress herself, Uma, she... Um, she's in a relationship with an addict and you know like all these women they kind of come together and that's what i love about the movie how they just really help each other and and you know are there for each other yeah that's that's very true i definitely has a uh has that sense of sort of non-traditional family and uh uh there's there's it's a pretty like i feel like this kind of movie could have easily gone into cynical territory but i think it actually is 
kind of not cynical because of uh, because of all the the help that they're giving, and also I think because of characters like uh, the Agrado character yeah. and her just owning who she is and being so positive, like particularly that that scene where she talks about her uh, all the different. Uh, operations and stuff that she's had that whole scene uh is i don't know i I feel like at least i mean there's a i guess a bittersweetness to it but like i feel like it's actually very positive Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i i think that is one of the uh, big important centerpiece scenes in the movie right um Mm -hmm. in which agrado who is uh also a transgender woman and she's been working as a prostitute for a long time talks about the performance of a streetcar name is that has to be canceled and then she goes up on stage and says to the people in the audience that instead of going home they can listen to her story of her life and she talks about um, all the operations that she has had in order to become a woman that she wanted to be and I think it's really I think it's really touching and also really uh important to the movie's themes what she says at the end of her monologue you're more authentic the more you resemble what you've dreamed of being talking about her body and her relationship to the body and the relationship to uh, what you want to be and the person that you want to be versus what the world is telling you you should be and i think that's also something that we see in in the other characters in different ways in sort of the way they find their own family, right? And they um, have to cope in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so I had, like, I guess, two major sort of questions c- c- uh, coming out of this movie that I thought uh, I would ask you for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. First one I had is uh, that I felt like I wondered if making Lola, I understand why Grotto is transgendered, but I felt like making Lola transgendered, I didn't really understand what that did to serve the story uh, because, I don't know, it felt a little like, are they just doing this to be edgy, to be different? Uh, Because I felt like the story would have been exactly the same if Lola had been a, a man. What what are your thoughts? Why do you think they did that? Well, uh, I don't know. I think Lola is a very interesting character. Lola is, uh, by the way, I don't know if we've made this clear, but she is the uh, the father of Manuela's child, right? And yeah, she and was once right, and Rosa's child, and she once 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 uh, Manuela's husband, and uh, but she is transgender now, and when we see her in the movie towards the end. And um, I think it's a, I think it's definitely a deliberate choice to, well, to make her transgender one, but also to have her be played by a male actor, right, dressed up as a woman, mm-hmm. because you know Agrado is played by a transgender actress. So um, I think there's definitely a choice there, and I think. Um, I don't know if this might be a little, uh, you know, problematic now in the way that we understand transgender identity compared to 1999. Um, But I do feel like Almodovar is trying to say something about um, uh, being a woman and 
truly embracing the femininity of being a woman, which might be a you know a bit of a thorny idea, but I do think the movie is really a love letter to uh, femininity and womanhood and the sort of nurturing characteristics that we associate with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the dedication at the end of the movie, which is also I think a lovely dedication. He says. To Betty Davis, Gina Rowlands, Romy Schneider, to all actresses who have played actresses, to all women who act, to men who act and become women, to all people who want to become mothers, to my mother. And I think, so that's basically the text that comes up at the end of the movie. And I think mm-hmm. it really sums up, uh, I think this is basically Almodovar, I feel as a gay man, is, is writing this love letter to all the women that he saw as role models and who taught him an alternative to being a straight man and being masculine and, you know, and repressing emotion and all the things that we associate with those things uh, that we don't with womanhood, right? So I think that's kind of what he's trying to say. And I guess that's why I would say he decided to uh, paint the Lola character that way. Um, at the same yeah. time, he's very generous towards Lola, even if, you know, during the, we hear about her during the movie and everyone's saying like how she's this force of nature and this person who just does whatever they want and don't really look at the consequences. So it's, she's painted a little bit as a villain, but when we finally meet her, it's actually very, you know, it's a very uh, sympathetic moment and you can feel for all this stuff that she's going through also. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't completely uh, let her off the hook for for her behavior. Oh, uh, absolutely not. She does but, some horrible things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, and I guess and granted, at least with Manuela, she, she didn't know uh, you know about the baby about the baby and so it's a little like you know mm-hmm. I mean, it's not her fault in that case but with rosa it feels a little especially because there's a big age difference and it's one of the things that's a little bit like uh what are you doing there but um mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah i mean i don't know i just felt i i felt a little confused by the choice but it wasn't like a deal breaker or anything but um I, I was just kind of left puzzled if that makes sense about why, why that was done. And kind of part of me wondered if it was just because it's 1999 and you want it to be sort of shocking for that time period. I mean, uh, it could be. Um, yeah, it could be because, um, well, Almodovar, by that point, he had made a reputation for being shocking. You know, like he looks, you look at his earlier movies and they all have a lot of sex and uh, sexual stuff and, you know, stuff about a community like gay and uh, transgender and like all sorts of things that were not in the mainstream, let's say, of Spain back then. Um, and it, this movie actually feels le- much less shocking than anything else. So, um so, so I think that's why I think it's not just about that in this case. I think he must have been trying to say something about it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and we should note that this won the uh, Oscar for a foreign language film. Yeah. Yeah, that year. So anyway, that's kind of exciting. And uh, yeah, and so um, my other question was, why pick Streetcar Named Desire? Why do you think they did that? Um, well, I have a couple, there's a couple of 
um, you know, movies that are, that are referenced. Obviously, the title All About My Mother comes from All About Eve, which mm-hmm. Manuela and her son are watching at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then there's this whole thing about performing Streetcar Named Desire. And I think, um, I think it was important for him to have people who, characters who are actresses in the movie, because I feel like talking about all the women who inspired him, I feel like he has been very inspired by uh, Hollywood actresses that he saw growing up, right? So it's a bit of a tribute to them. Why specifically Streetcar Named Desire? I think it's a more uh, open-ended question. And I don't know if I have a super clear answer, except that I do think that that line, I've always depended on the kindness of strangers, sort of applies Mm. to the women in the movie, right? They're all helping each other, basically, in ways that even when they don't know, they are sort of helping. You know, when Manuela starts working for Uma, the actress who's playing Blanche in the performance, um, the actress doesn't know who Manuela is, and she doesn't know that her son died trying to get her autograph. But mm-hmm. they're still sort of she's still helping Manuela in a way without knowing it, and and so it happens like that for a lot of characters in the movie. Yeah, I think the reason why they picked it is, I mean, first of all, if you want a a uh, if, if you want to pick a play that's really an actor's play, like there's it's a pretty good one streetcar named desire you know has a lot of chewing up scenery kind of moments so if you wanted to pick something that especially that would inspire sort of a young a young teen uh but then also i mean if you wanted like stanley is such an alpha especially Mm. as portrayed by marlon brando in the movie uh that that does paint a pretty big contrast between uh between the characters of the uh of the movie yeah totally and also the actor who plays him in this movie um he has a scene in which he's trying to you know uh, asking Ingrado about like her past as a sex worker and trying to get you know in bed with her or whatever so he also comes off as a bit of a like a doofus and a very sexual non-caring being compared to the other women around it right around him yeah um yeah that's a good point. I think it, it does make a reflection in that show that is so much about him um, not having any patience for the women in his life, right? And being so impulsive and so violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have any, any things that you kind of, that made you think about uh, the choices they made? Well, I have a, I have, I, I, like I said, I do love this movie and I have a lot of things to talk about it. Um, but I think the main takeaway for me is that idea of um, a love letter to, to women and to womanhood. And it's something that I, it's a theme that I find very touching and very useful as a, you know, when I was growing up, I was never the most aggressive and I was not into sports or anything like that. So even though I am a straight man, I do identify with with a lot of female qualities and attributes. And I do appreciate all the women in my life who have been very kind to me and embracing me and showing me who I am. So I really, um, I really connect with that part of the movie. And I feel like some of the movies, I mean, some of the women in this movie, I sort of like recognizing women that I grew up with. Maybe it's a language thing. I don't know, but, um, I identify a lot with it and I, yeah, 
<laughs> I think, cool. yeah, I think the key moment for me in the movie that, that makes it all click to make together, other than the dedication at the end, is um, when Manuela and Rosa are waiting for the doctor and they're talking about women and men. And um, Manuela says, women will do anything to avoid being alone. And then Rosa responds, well, women are more tolerant, but that's good. And I feel like that's kind of what the movie is talking about, right? Like these things that we see as uh, weaknesses in men are actually strengths. And, and we think women are weak, but actually they're very strong and they, and they have all these amazing qualities. And that's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's very true. Very true. Uh, so, so I guess we should talk about the pretentiousness yeah why don't we talk about why do you think this is a criterion film that's our first question of the day yeah it's well it, yeah it's interesting because i guess it's not really a criterion film but uh but right yeah yeah i think that uh it's uh it's it's got enough sort of edge to it i think to be a natural kind of fit for criterion i would say yeah I think it's also, in my opinion, he's such an important filmmaker yeah. and, and such a unique filmmaker too. Uh, and we didn't really talk too much about the filmmaking itself, but there are a couple things here. I mean, there's the dialogue, which uh, I speak Spanish. It's my first language, so I don't know exact. I feel like it translates pretty well into English, but I just have to say when you hear it in Spanish, he has such a way of phrasing things for his characters that is just so funny. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if it's, I think some of the lines are still funny in English, but when I watch a one of his movies, when people say things that are not jokes, I still think that they're saying them in a funny way. And I don't really know how to explain it, but mm -hmm. I guess that's something that just the kind of thing that gets lost in translation for movies. Maybe kind of witty. Yeah, I guess it's witty and it's just such an attitude. I don't know. It's like a very Spanish attitude of like mm -hmm. saying things in a certain way. Um, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I can I understand have, that. Yeah, you have to think of how, you know, like when I was growing up, I would see a movie and I wouldn't really recognize that someone had like a Texas or Southern accent, you know, but it, the jokes still worked for me. But it's something that until I learned English, I I was missing mm. that extra thing, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's true to life because, uh, you know, most, uh, most of us, even in the tough times, of our life, hopefully at least, are are still, still, try, you know, I don't know, there's a survival mechanism of still trying to laugh and still trying to kind of cheer each other up. Totally. Yeah. Just because you're sad doesn't mean that funny things stop happening. And right. I feel like that's definitely yeah. something that happens in my life. And you can see it definitely in Agrado as a character, just because yeah. she's such, she has such a, keep on the sunny side of life energy to her, right? Despite anything that happens, she's always ready to make a joke. And it, it does feel like it's a defense mechanism for her and a survival tactic that she's developed over the years too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I think those are all reasons uh, yeah. for it uh, to be on the Criterion channel at least. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And the, and the, and the colors and the, I feel like the production design and the costumes and the color red is all over this movie. It's a very, he makes very beautiful movies in my opinion. And I think the colors in this are wonderful. I, yeah. 
noticed this time how almost all of the women were a lot of red and or have red hair and the big poster of streetcar named desire is all red and there's red coats I feel like it's this thing of like the, the blood that connects them that they're like a family even though they're not family you know mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah. Yeah, so with all that in mind, why don't you tell me where do you think this ranks in the pretentious scale, which is where we rank a movie, we determine if it's, we determine how pretentious it is, and if it's pretentious but worth it, or not pretentious but also like a little artsy, so what do you think? I would say, I guess, I I think it's, I don't think it is that. I think it's not pretentious, but a little artsy. I guess I'll say that. I'll get out of that. Yeah, I don't think it's too, too abstract, too, uh, too pretentious. Like I said, compared to talk to her, there's way more, like, way more abstract. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know. I don't think it's. I feel like it's relatively approachable. Most of its edgy choices are in the uh, the so, you know some of the character choices some of the things. as far as the narrative it's it's pretty I think pretty approachable yeah yeah I, I think so I think yeah I think it's pretty approachable and I think that's kind of why it became such a breakout hit for him and and made mm. him you know audiences noticed him in a way that they hadn't before um yeah yeah I, I would agree with you I think it's a uh, and I think that's part of what makes him um connect with people is that it's artsy and it's different but it's not completely pretentious and completely unapproachable i think he's likes fun melodramatic movies so he makes his movies have a lot of twists and turns and things that happen you know and and jokes and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah very good yeah i agree yeah so great um any final thoughts um I mean, I love the movie, I said, but what about you? Who would you recommend it to? I mean, it's definitely R-rated, so I would, you know, recommend it for adults. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I would, for, for people that can handle, you know, some of the, the more mature themes, I think I would really recommend it to him i think uh it's a it's a really good movie and like i said it's 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 very uh it's very positive so mm-hmm. that that would help me to i think recommend it over like even something i was thinking about it compared to roma mm-hmm. like i loved roma it was really good and it was positive in its own way but i don't know i feel like something like this i'd almost recommend to more people <laughs> like I, I feel like i would be more particular about who I'd recommend Roma to whereas this I feel like I could recommend it to a wider group of people because Mm -hmm. it is just I don't know it's just not as I'm gonna rip your heart out and stomp it on the ground kind of thing it's like if that makes (laughs) sense no totally it's a very it's a very emotional but uh, I guess it's a very heartfelt movie and it's very warm and it's very like loving to all of its characters yeah yeah definitely Um, yeah yeah, definitely. I would recommend it to I would recommend it to anyone who who you know is an adult and feels like they can handle it, especially mm-hmm. to all the men out there. Take a look at it and see. Um, maybe it'll uh, pre- make you appreciate women in a way you hadn't before, like it kind of did me. So yeah. Um, uh, so uh, m- for next month, I am going to go ahead and pick 
one of the Astaire Rogers films. Uh, and I, I kind of went back and forth on which one to pick. And uh, I think I'm going to go with the one that I watched actually this month because um, it is a classic. And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and watch all of them. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to do the same if you have the uh, Criterion channel. Uh, but, um, but we're going to talk about Top Hat from 1935, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. And it's just a delightful romantic comedy and uh with great dancing great music so i think it's gonna be fun and uh, to talk about excellent i'm very excited i have actually never seen a fred astaire ginger rogers movie i've seen Mm -hmm. fred astaire before but never the two together and they're such an iconic pair so i'm really excited Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's going to be really fun, funny, and the music is going to be great, and the dancing is going to be incredible. So, yeah, I can't wait. So that'll be really fun for September. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, that'll, be, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, great. So why don't we uh, say goodbye and tell people where they can find us on the Internet? Yes. So you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep, and you can find me mostly on Twitter at Coco Hits New York. I also have a blog, which is CocoHitsNY.wordpress.com. And I recently um, wrote about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so you can check that out. Um, and you can also find me on Letterboxd, Conrado Falco. Great. And so, yeah, check that out. And let us know what you think. If you've seen, uh, if you've seen any of Almodovar's films, what are your favorites? And uh, if you have seen All About My Mother, what did you think of it and the choices they made? We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or over on Twitter. Uh, we, that would be really great. So let us know. Absolutely. Yep. And I'll see you next time when we're tap dancing to (laughs) Fred and Ginger. Yes, that'll be great. (laughs) Bye. Bye.